Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Now. Straight up Chugalaw. On this Monday afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambador. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Man, just when I thought we were going to be able to sit back and enjoy a Cardinals win and talk about all the fun oh, we ramifications. Can still do that. We oh, can we still can, do that. We can still do that. We will. <laughs> but in the last three or four minutes, bang, bang. Bang, bang. Yeah. Eno Benjamin cuts. cuts Zach Ertz out for the season. Knee yeah. injury out for the season for Zach Ertz and an Eno Benjamin cut today. I'm going to try to get some details as to, you know, the, the who, what, why, where, and how on that info that just dropped. But, you know, Cliff just had a press conference, right? And uh, they didn't announce these moves until after Cliff was done with his press conference. Indeed, that's what happened. Uh, it was, let's see, the report about Eno came to us from Adam Schefter. He tweeted out a roster surprise. Cardinals have informed running back Eno Benjamin, who started for them when James Conner was hurt this season, that they are releasing him according to a source. Eno, and what I think can be interpreted as a confirmation of this, just tweeted out a blue heart. Now, maybe they try to put him on the practice squad. I don't know, but that seems to have been confirmed. And this is the real Adam Schefter Twitter account, by the way. We always have to double check in these. Yeah, because now, like, everybody's got a blue, everyone's check, got a blue check, right? Like, who knows? Um, and then Ian Rappaport tweeted out shortly thereafter, according to sources, Cardinals tight end Zach Ertz has suffered a season-ending knee injury, a brutal reality for Arizona and its veteran. Now, I know you had done some checking on Zach Ertz over the yeah, course of yeah. doing your work, and, and of course that remained a possibility, but they... Well, least- I just don't know what the injury is. They were, they were hopeful that it was not an ACL injury. They were hopeful that it was an ACL, but they didn't know. But that was like initially, after everything, was like, okay, this may not be an ACL. Um, so... You know that's you know that that's the case with uh you know with him. I mean he's out for the season. It could be a number of things. We'll find out what it is at this point. With you know more than half the season over, you know it's you know any type of you know big injury is going to take him out for a long time. Yeah, there was a question to Cliff today about Eno's lack of snaps in Week 10, and it came from our own Tyler Drake at ArizonaSports.com. Quote, we talked about James getting the full share, if you will. He'd been banged up, and it was basically one of those deals where it was time to give him the starting running back reps. Close quote. Keontae Ingram, I would imagine you are now up when it comes to that regard. Anyway, that's the news that literally just came down, and it briefly, temporarily kind of overshadows what happened yesterday for the Cardinals. That's our top story. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Snap to McCoy. Looking left. It's a fade left corner of the end zone. A.J. Green with a great grab. Touchdown! The A.J. Green of old is back. He's made two incredible grabs. Colt McCoy, meanwhile, continues to deliver. <laughs> That's why you don't cut a veteran like that, because you just just insurance here and there. We'll get into that a little bit later on. And, 
A.J. Green, because I want to talk about those wide receivers. we got a lot to talk about, especially with that performance by Colt McCoy and what's going to happen for the San Francisco game. Is it going to be Kyler? Is it going to be Colt? Who should it be? But listen, this is exactly what I said last week. This is not this is not nothing against Kyler Murray. I wanted to see. I wanted to see how this Cliff Kingsbury offense could run with somebody else running it besides Kyler Murray, because I've watched it with Kyler Murray, and it's a disaster. Now, I have always said, and you know this, and I based it on uh, on game film. I think the problem is a lot more Kyler than it is Cliff, but I'm not saying Cliff isn't blameless. Cliff has his issues, too. But I've said all along, this is a lot more Kyler. This is a lot of, like, these. this offense is similar to a lot of the other offenses. They have a lot of the same concepts. There are guys that are open on every play. Kyler's not seeing him. Pre-snap, he's not, he doesn't know where he's, what he's going to do with the ball. If, if his first read isn't open, he's in trouble. What I saw yesterday was a quarterback, a veteran quarterback, come in that knows how to read a defense, knows how to get rid of the ball quickly, get everybody lined up, do everything right, and he methodically took apart the Rams and they won the football game. Yeah, that doesn't mean that Colt McCoy is the long term answer for the, you know, for them. But what it does mean is that yes, in my opinion. This is the, the problems with the Arizona Cardinals offense is a lot more Kyler than it is Cliff. Yeah, like we had said, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we had said last week. You know, not that we're fortune tellers or anything, because goodness knows that we're not. But it does seem like there were a lot of a lot of topics that we touched on last week that kind of revealed themselves a little bit. And one of the other things we had said last week was, look, if Colt comes in and plays well, you know, that's not the what was the what was the phrase you used? That's not the kind of evidence you can go to a judge with and get a warrant, right? Right. right. Like it's it's gonna be some proof, some evidence, but not the end-all, be-all. And yet, it was still pretty obvious yesterday. Most of the calls looked about the same, right? I mean, like, if you look at Colt McCoy's spray chart, if you will, if you look at where he threw the ball, it didn't look all that dissimilar from Kyler Murray's, right? It didn't look, you know, the passes were here, there. It was mostly dinky, it was mostly dunk. A few more down the field, but not a lot more down the field. But watching him operate basically that same offense, and it was just calmer, it was smoother, it was less frenetic, it was less hectic, it was, it just it just had this kind of air of very quiet, calm, confident to it, you know. And it and it was it was nice watching that. It just didn't feel so chaotic the whole time. Burning timeouts at the last minute, and everybody's yelling at each other, everybody's scrambling around like it's just a constant fire drill. None of that yesterday. It was mostly the third quarter. They got a little bogged down by penalties, but I thought you're right. This was exactly what we wanted to see because it was like a litmus test. All right, let's change the equation. Let's change something up and just see if it makes a difference. Right. Is it Cliff and the play calling? Is it Kyler and how he's understanding the plays? Let's change up the equation and see how it functions. But tell me you weren't thinking about that every time Colt McCoy threw a pass between 10 and 20 yards down the field. Like, this is what we don't see with Kyler. We don't see this. Now, they took a shot early down the field, like really down the field, like a bomb. And I was like, oh, man, that's great. It was an incomplete pass. But I think at least I'm going to show you this. I'm going to show. And then, like, I, you know, it, it, yes, there was some dink and dunk. Not to say, of course, every offense has dink and dunk to it. But there was a lot more intermediate that was, That's the key word. There was only two 20 yards or more, right? Right, that was, was it. But the ten to twenty yards is where he look. That's where that's the bread and butter right there. Yeah. That's the bread and butter. Like ten to twenty yards, and they had a bunch of those. What was that stat that you gave me about how accurate and how good he was? By the way, there were four drop passes on McCoy. 
There was. Four drop passes. Uh, this was from uh, Paul Cavici tweeted this out after yesterday's game. Colt McCoy completed eight of 11 passes of 10 plus air yards for 123 yards and a touchdown. Now, that's a, obviously, it goes without saying, that's a pass that travels 10 yards in the air. Okay, that doesn't mean it's 10 yards downfield necessarily, but 10 yards in the air, the ball travels. And that was, you know, that's awfully accurate. That's not exactly dink and dunk, right? That's a little more down the field. And there were even a couple of times, and I took great note of this. It didn't happen a lot, but I noticed a couple times. Cole dropped back, saw that he had a screen pass, looked at the screen pass, and then looked 10 yards down the field and completed a throw. Right. He did that to Hop, who was lined up over on the right side of the field. the defense, make them commit to something else, and then open that up. I mean, it's like play action. It's just, yeah, you got to look. You got it with the eyes. You can't focus on one guy. And so, I mean, I just, I kept thinking about what we talked about last week. Is like, look, I want to see, I want Coke out of the ball very quickly. Very, very quickly, right? With that Rams defense, I don't have time to sit back in that pot. I got to make my reads quick. He got rid of the ball quickly. He hit open receivers. He did take some shots down the field. He was great on the intermediate passes, as you just mentioned. And But I thought more than anything else, more than anything else, Calm, calm, cool, collective. That's the word. Right? Everybody, like, the, nobody was panicking. There was no, what, what was it? There was chaos. There was no, there was no chaos with him running it. Now, the, the Frey Helter Skelter, the one that you were struggling yeah, yeah, for yeah. last week, there, was, there wasn't a lot of Helter Skelter. Now, they need Kyler. Like, Kyler's, well, they need, like, yeah. They need Kyler to be great. And we're going to get into that in a minute. I know. We're going to get into that in a minute. Um, because, because as you would expect in, you know, in the world we live in, now all of a sudden this has turned into a debate. And now it's a question. And now everybody, and, and I'm not saying it's wrong to ask the question. I'm not, but now it's a big debate. Here's Cliff Kingsbury with Paul Calvisi after the game on Colt McCoy's steady play. Yeah, that's uh, a credit to him, man, to be able to go out there and do that first playing time of the season, really. Um, didn't do much in training camp. Had a couple injuries come up. Had injury to start the season and still be able to settle in and just get the ball out, avoid the negative plays, be efficient, do all those things. Um, and the whole week during practice, the way he led and professionalism there early, stayed late. You know, communication was just through the roof. It was awesome to see. One negative play in 38 snaps wow. in the first half. Just wow. Here's more Kingsbury. Yeah, just being efficient. I think the biggest deal, first half, like I told you at halftime, 38 snaps, only one negative play. We had some penalties to start the second half, a sack that, that we can't take, but that's how we got to play. We got to play downhill, be efficient, get the ball out, get it to our playmakers and not take the negative plays. And I thought he did a good job keeping us on schedule and um, was really accurate in the passing game. Sounds like a much different Cliff Kingsbury, too. Sounds like a much different Cliff. Like alive, like vibrant, like, you know, instead of answering the same questions, like we got to execute better and uh, we like all of the typical, we, didn't, we weren't able to play Cliff Bingo with this uh, press conference. Beating the Rams 27-17 helps. I mean, you could hear the music in the background behind him. Clearly, it was a much more joyous locker room than we've come to expect. So, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we just talked about Colt McCoy's play, how it in part, that calming effect, led the Cardinals to getting this big win. Now, controversy? Question mark? We'll try to give you an answer to that one next on the Burns and Gambo show. Let's go! Let's go! Big Red Monday in Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Yeah, I think he's trending closer. Um, We just, like I said, we want him to be able to take off. When he takes off... 
go as fast as you can run and, and use those, those gifts he has, and, and he wouldn't have been able to do that today. Cliff Kingsbury yesterday after the Cardinals win against the L.A. Rams with Colt McCoy as the quarterback. Kyler was ruled out before game time. He was uh, inactive for the game. Colt had said after the game he, you know, he wouldn't exactly say exactly when he was told he was going to be the starter, but that he had a decent idea over the course of the week that he would probably be the guy. And like we talked about earlier, Gambo, and like we talked about last week, we were both kind of curious to see what it would look like with somebody else calling the shots, and it looked better. It so clearly looked better. Yeah, so, so now what? Now dot, you can, dot, dot. The fair question is, you know, do we have a quarterback controversy? And if not, should we? Should we? Look, here's a simple question, okay? Here's a simple question. Okay, who gives the Arizona Cardinals the best chance to win against the 49ers next week? Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy? Now, there's going to be a lot of people who feel differently. Who gives them the best chance to win that football game? Is it Kyler or is it Colt? The season's on the line. I mean, you can't afford to lose games right now. I mean, every game is a must-win. Look, they won that football game. They're still two games behind five, below five hundred. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. There's still a long way to go. They're gonna have to have to have an incredible finish to the season to get a playoff spot. But like any type of loss is crippling to their efforts to make the playoffs. Sure. They need to win a lot of games between now and the end of the season. Sure. Are you going to answer the question, or are you going to ask me to answer it first? I would start Colt McCoy. I'm not even. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'll, I'll, you know me. I'm, I'm going with Colt McCoy. He's three and zero against the NFC West. He gives you the best chance to win because he's going to get rid of the ball quickly. And um, you know, again, I think he just reads the defense. Now, I'm not saying that that you know who do I want to be the quarterback for the next three years. I'm not saying oh Colt's the guy. I'm just saying for this one game coming up against the San Francisco 49ers, in my opinion, I think they're better off with Colt McCoy than they are Kyler Murray. And that's crazy when you figure that they just gave Kyler Murray like a quarter, you know, quarter of a billion dollars. It is crazy, and you're but it, it's not it's not crazy to feel that way. I, it, it's not. It's really it really isn't. I also would start Colt McCoy. Oh, okay. okay. I, I, well, you, okay. You thought I was going to go different. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm. I'm please expand. Uh, well, I, I, the results are. I think the results kind of speak for themselves on this. Okay. One. Okay. You know, I, I think what we saw with our own eyes. I think Kyler. Look, it was good for Kyler to sit and watch and see, I think. You know, like a, like a, I'm trying to think of a, I'm going to pull you for a couple series. I just want you to come over here and just kind of see how this goes and see how this operation could work. Is one week of that enough to kind of settle Kyler down a little bit in this offense? I, I don't know. And I think that if things were more clearly defined with the Cardinals right now, I would go back to Kyler. And by that, I mean, if we know for sure that their season was done, if they were the the Detroit Lions, right? If they were the Houston Texans, if they were a team that was way out of it, I'd say start Kyler. You, you got to get Kyler right. You got to get Kyler right. and this offense humming. But because you're in this situation where you literally are game to game, quarter to quarter, you know, day to day at this point with your chances, I think it was so impressive to see him play. And I also think reason number two, I watched a lot of that Sunday night game last night, and what Cliff said is right. If Kyler's not healthy, that 49ers defense is going to ball, man. Well, they get after guys. And that's yeah. where maybe the most important number to come out of yesterday's game was how quickly Colt was able to get rid of the football. You know, he was able to stay out of harm's that's way. That's what you're supposed to oh, do. I understand that. I understand that. But that's what allows you. I mean, that offensive line, I got to admit, 
I had to look at the roster to remind myself who the left guard was. Right. I'm right. the first one. To, I, I saw the right. starters and I'm like, uh, who's that? Who's that guy? Who, who's that guy? You know, and I, and I, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I remember now. I, seriously, and then Cody Ford came in eventually, and they kind of rotated like, like Cliff Kingsbury. Beecham was the only starter. Beecham was the only one. was the only starter. And so you're going up against Aaron Donald. You're going up against Leonard Floyd. You think that's a recipe for disaster, two but when seconds. you, when you get the ball out seconds. in 2.14 seconds, but you got to know what you, you can, can mitigate that right, to a certain only, extent. The only way a quarterback gets rid of the ball that quickly is when he gets to the line of scrimmage, he has a real good idea what he's going to do with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Okay, oh, 100%. because two seconds, you cannot go through five progressions in two seconds. You can't. You're going to get to the line of scrimmage pre-snap. This is the whole problem with Kyler. Kyler gets to the line of scrimmage pre-snap. He's not really sure what he's saying. Okay? Colt McCoy, who, by the way, and Kyler Murray has a hell of a lot more starts under his belt than Colt McCoy. So experience, yeah, Colt's been in the league a lot longer. He's gone through more training camps. He's seen more things. But Kyler's got more starts than Colt McCoy by a lot in mm-hmm. his career. Mm-hmm. But Colt McCoy gets the line of scrimmage, and he has a really good idea what I'm going to do with the ball pre-snap. Okay, I'm going to look at the defense. Okay, I see. All right. Identify this. Identify that. Take a look. Okay. And I'm going to, before I snap the ball, I have a real good idea what I'm going to go. So one, two, boom, and the ball's out. Aaron Donald had no sacks. They had two sacks in the game. Yeah. So Colt McCoy, I think, now listen, let me go back to what we were going to talk about earlier. The Cardinals need Kyler Murray to work out. That doesn't mean he will, but they need him to because they're not going anywhere. That's an investment that's not, you know, we talk about Michael money with, that's not, that's, that's cap money. Okay. That's, that's a bit, if he doesn't work out, that's a huge, huge hit. That's a devastating blow if he doesn't work out. It's like the Diamondback signing a play to a hundred and something million dollars and he can't pitch, you know? Yeah. Madison Bumgarner or something else. Like you put yourself in a big hole if he doesn't work out. Trying to trade him, trying to get off that cap, the dead money. Just think about how big. So they need him. Now, I'm not saying that means he's going to work out. They really need him to work out. They do. They And and because of that, you need to give him every opportunity in the world to work out. The the exception it feels like to that rule is that this week, I mean, it's this element. LA game was an elimination game, right? You lose and you're done. You lose and, and I yeah. and I know we said that a week ago, and I know we're kind of yeah butting ourselves through this. I know we said a week ago it felt like they were done, but yesterday we I still think they are. I, and I'm not I still think they that. probably are too. But this does six. give them a glimmer, right? This does oh, yeah. give them yeah. a little bit of a okay, hold on, wait a minute, especially if they can beat San Francisco. Listen, like Elton John still said, I'm still standing. Yeah, and that's what they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And they are. They're, I'm still standing. And so now that they're still standing, if we're just going to be real about this and say, who gives you the best chance to beat San Francisco next week? Right. It's, it's, it's cold. Yes. It's cold. No, uh, I totally agree. I'm, totally I'm surprised agree. that you thought I was going to say that. I didn't know. I, I mean, I wasn't really sure. I mean, he's, he's, a, McCoy. he's a veteran back in the league for 12 years. You got a game that you have to win. Like this. The sad part is that this is a question. This is on Kyla Murray that well, this is even a question. Think about last year. Okay, Colt McCoy went 2-1 and one last year filling yes. in for Kyler Murray. We couldn't wait to get Kyler back. And nothing against Colt. He did a great job. Those two wins were against division rivals. They were both on the road, right? He did he did great filling in. But, man, we were all like, when's Kyler coming back? When's Kyler coming? Because Kyler right. was an MVP candidate before he went out with the injury. We were all desperate to get him back because— And now we don't want him back. He's got— so much more natural ability, physical ability than Colt McCoy could ever dream of. All right, he just right. does. Right. He's, he's got, pinky. I guess I know. I get the Stronger line. arm. He's got the better legs. He's he's just he's just a more of a specimen out there. But can can his brain process the information as quickly as he needs to to make the right reads in the right place? And last year he could, 
And this year, he's not. Well, last year was a question, too. I mean, last year was definitely still a question of him reading defenses was always the problem. Well, but not as much when he was, when they were 7-0, and before he got hurt. We, we weren't having a whole lot of Izzy reading the defense questions when they were 7-0, and right? Yeah, we weren't they, really they having very that. much relied on Hopkins until Hopkins went out. But they're I mean, also they scoring had thirty that. points a game. They were scoring I mean, a we, lot of points a we, game. No, we, listen, I'm, I, I listen. I'm, you we, know me. I think that they should have resigned Kyle to the extension. Yeah. I'm not going to change. I'm saying that the opinion. questions about his progressions and his ability to read it happened later when he started struggling after he came back from the, the hamstring. The fact injury. that we've got to ask that question is, is a, that's a sad state right there. Who should start this game? Really, the guy you just gave two hundred fifty million dollars to, or the guy that's making two hundred fifty dollars a game? He's, like which guy should start? Come on, that should like we sh- that should not be a question, but it is because Kyler's played so poorly. Yeah, but long term, you're right. Kyler's got to work out. Now listen, he's he, no, he's he's got to work right. out. I mean, because if he doesn't, then that's you're you're in a boatload of trouble for a long time. You're screwed for years. Now listen, if Colt goes out there against the 49ers and he plays awful, then you're going to want Kyler back. I mean, this is the way and, this is the way the world and works. And honestly, that could happen. Oh, good. Okay. He goes we, out no there. No one's, no 49ers wreck him. No one's going like, to okay, yeah. get back to Kyler, please. No one's going to sit here and try to sell you a line that Colt McCoy is going to be able to do that against San Francisco's defense. Because San Francisco's defense, I, again, I watched that game last night. They made life hell on Justin Herbert. They made life hell on the, the L.A. Chargers. But you can't rule out the fact that they could do that again to Colt McCoy. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, there is one very unsung hero from yesterday's win. He deserves some credit. And we'll give him some next on the Burns and Gambo. Show. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, got Eric with us with our Twitter poll question of the day. Uh, as expected, we have uh, steered right into the storm on this one. Had, to. Oh, had to. Absolutely Man. had to. Who steers into a storm? Uh, us. The Burns and Gambo show on a day when the backup quarterback Man. takes an offense that had been looking pretty ragged. You know and what makes happened the last time somebody steered into a storm? No, what happened? They ended up on an island with like six people for a long, long time. Making a Gilligan's a Island hour, reference from supposed a... supposed to be a three-hour tour, and next thing you know, right into the eye of the storm. Hasn't happened since then, huh? Mm-hmm. Hasn't happened since then. I was about to say, that's the only time it's ever it's, happened. You see Tom Hanks in Castaway, the... the, the well, he was on a plane. <laughs> he was still stranded on an island for a while. Right, I know, but I'm talking about... In a storm, know. no less. But uh, your, your love of all things 60s duly noted. Uh, your poll question today <laughs> is... At this point, it feels like there's 18 storylines that have happened. But guys, we have to ask. Right. Do the Cardinals have a quarterback controversy? Ooh, yes or no? Going right at it. Going right, right. I love right it. The storm. Um, yeah. Who should be the quarterback this week? Is should it be Colt McCoy or should it be Kyler Murray? I mean, it, it's. I guess in a way, it depends on how you want to answer the question. Right? Do they have a quarterback controversy? Yes. Colt McCoy should be their starter this week. That's a quarterback controversy. That's a quarterback controversy. If you don't know who, if, you, if you're divided on who should be the quarterback for a game, a big game against the 49ers, we got a quarterback controversy. But no, there's not a quarterback controversy because Kyler Murray still is the long-term answer, a quarterback for the Cardinals. No, but he should be. Yeah, but, 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 I don't know if he will be, but he but should know, be. But he, he should be. I mean, he, he, he's got to be with that salary. There's no should well, about no, it. No, Kyler Murray is the long-term quarterback for the Cardinals. He he better be the long term. Well, there's, there's, no, there's no controversy about that. No, he can't go anywhere. For, he can't go anywhere for the time being. None. So it really depends on your perspective and how you look at it. I view the question as this week, right now, and since I think Colt McCoy should be starting this week, and I know Gambo does too. Yes, put me down. I think there's a. You guys want to guess the percentages? Um, seventy-five, twenty-five, seventy-five. Yes, seventy-five. Yes. Uh, cool. 
67, yes. This one flipped on you guys. 64.4% leading the way is the big fat N. Oh, really? We don't have a quarterback wow. controversy. No nope. quarterback controversy in the Valley. Nope. 35.6% nope. saying yes. No quarterback controversy. They think McCoy should be the guy. <laughs> <laughs> there, See? Hey, there are some of those takes. That is not uh, a yeah, take I mean, out of didn't, nowhere. You didn't say. You just said it should. You know, <laughs> people say, yeah, there's no quarterback controversy. <laughs> Colts the, the guy. guy. Colts the guy. That's it. Yeah. All right, that's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. And again, refreshing what has become the top story of the day here on the Burns. I mean, the, the win is still the top story of the day. And the fact that they're still alive in the playoff race is the top story of the day. And maybe they never really died from the playoff race. But boy, they sure were on uh, They sure were on life support after the loss last week. The, the two like newer stories, number one, you know, Benjamin got cut. Adam Schefter was the first to report yeah. that Eno Benjamin got released by okay. the team today. Well, I'm going to tell you, look, let's just let's just cut to the chase there. There's probably a lot more to this story than Eno just didn't fit, okay? There's probably a lot more to this story. Has to be. There's a lot more to this story. When it, you know, hey, eventually when, it, you know, if something comes out, it's not going to be, it's, it's not going to be that, oh, you know what? We just felt like, you know, couldn't help us anymore. We wanted to give somebody else a chance. Okay. You know, Benjamin was starting when James Carno went out. He was starting. So there's got to be a lot more to this story than what meets the eye. I'm rubbing my hands together deviously mm-hmm. because you know why? Yeah. Hard knocks Wednesday, eight o'clock. Oof. Show me. Show Will they have the control to take that out? Show <laughs> Whatever me. Whatever it is. If there's something that happens, show me. Yeah. And then big story number two, it's not a surprise. You, you could just the look on Zach Ertz's face as he was walking off that field and as he was being carted off that field. I got a late field. update on that. He, he knew. He knew. And today, Ian Rappaport reported his season is indeed done. Didn't, you know, it, it, which is not a surprise at all. But Ian Rappaport uh, reporting today, shortly after the Eno news came out, by the way, that bad news for Zach Ertz didn't give any specifics. Definitely just that his season M- is this done. is what I'm hearing. It is definitely an MCL injury, but I do not have confirmation if it's the ACL, too. They're waiting to hear. There was some hope because he was walking around last night. So there was some hope that he might survive the ACL because he was walking around. It is definitely, at the very least, an MCL injury, but I'm still waiting to hear if it's the ACL, too. If he's out for the year, I mean, there's a chance that it's the ACL, too, but it is definitely at least the MCL. Yeah, all you had to, again, all you had to do was see the look on his face, and you knew his season was done. And I know there was some optimism after the game that maybe it wasn't a complete season-ending thing. I saw Adam Schefter's tweet like everybody else, but but the look on his face kind of told the whole story. All right, um... Back to the game. Went over the L.A. Rams, and whether it was you know Colt McCoy, whether it was just the, the operation looking smoother, better, whether it was the the decisions to go forward on fourth down and the plays that were called when they went forward on fourth down. A moment of credit for Cliff Kingsbury. That was we, we talked about this a little bit last week. Cliff Kingsbury, frankly, had struggled in which games his team needed to win. Right. Yes. In games where it was like, "Hey, Cliff, when are you done? When, when are you can advance? When, when and you can advance? When are you done?" He hasn't fared very well in those games. 
Yesterday he did. That was yeah. an elimination game for the Arizona Cardinals. There's no other way to portray it, and they won. And for Cliff, that's a little bit of a victory beyond the victory, I it's, think. Listen, Cliff Kingsbury's whole career, he's always had good offenses, okay? His offenses were always so. So all of a sudden now, he's like, the offenses, and what's going on? What's wrong? Like, what? what is the issues? Like, how can you not score any points in the first quarter? How can you not? How can you be so bad? How can this offense be so bad that they, they, they just figure you out? No, he looks like a much better play caller today. I mean, what would you say? One negative play by halftime. Yes. One negative play. How many snaps was it? 38, 38 snaps? 38 snaps, one negative play. One negative play with Cliff Call in the game. They ran the ball. They got the lead. How about those two fourth down calls? The one to A.J. Green? That set up a field goal. And my God, did I just love the fourth The fourth down in, was it three, when he went deep to Rondale Moore? Yeah, that was, that was my favorite play of the game. It was a hell of a catch, too. I mean, we're not going to just take a We're going to go deep, fourth and three, big play in the game. It set up a touchdown. He's going all the way down the field, 26 yards to Rondale Moore. Got a second win over the Rams. It was a must win. And he doesn't look like, uh, you know, he doesn't look like he's, he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, he, he, that looked like an NFL coach who knew how to call a game yesterday. It did. Now, Again, I mean, a lot of it comes down to who's running the offense. It was Colt McCoy yesterday, but all of a sudden, Cliff's offense, you know what? Didn't look so bad. Didn't look so bad. Yeah, it was, you know, I mean, it wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, too. I mean, the, the, what, 298 yards? It was still their third lowest total of the year. You know, so it wasn't like it, it wasn't like they came out and put, dropped 500 on the LA Rams yesterday, 400 yards on the LA Rams yesterday. And I'm not saying that to be a Debbie Downer, just to kind of point out that there were, there was a stretch there, early second quarter, mid second quarter, where the two teams combined for five straight three and outs, right? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a total clinic, but the point total was the third or fourth, I think the third highest total of the season, if I remember from my notes correctly. So, I mean, it was obviously, all you had to do was watch it. Look at your eyes. What did your eyes tell your brain? Your eyes told your brain it was better than what we had seen. And I think Cliff, you know, given the the, the injuries on the offensive line, given some of the personnel decisions to kind of put AJ Green back in a mix, that paid off. Um, given a career day for Rondale Moore, given a career not a career day for James Conner, but certainly a season high for James Conner. Cliff pushed all the right buttons yesterday in beating a team. Yeah, I know. Look, let's call it like. It is too. Part two. Johnny Walford. The Rams suck. <laughs> the, Rams, the Rams right, and now they're done. Suck. And they're, they're, and they're and cups out. Yeah, they're done. They're done. They're eliminated. They're, they're awful. That offense was dreadful to watch. But still. That was a team Cliff had struggled to beat. He beat them. This is an organization that has struggled to win games when they need to win games under Cliff, and they needed to win yesterday. So you got to give the guys credit. You that was give one they needed. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, you know, and again, I th- I've always said that I believe a lot of the issues are more on Kyler than Cliff, but that's definitely some problems. But, you know, the, you didn't have the, I think there was one delay yesterday. I think there was one delay a game. On a PAT, wasn't it? Uh, was it on the extra point? I think, I think it, was it was on the, the extra because the they moved him back. It was on the extra. But outside of that, you didn't have the issues, right? You didn't have the chaos. You didn't have the quarterback coming and telling people to calm down, whether it's the coach or the wide receiver. And, you know, I mean, that's like, the, like that's a pattern, right? With Kyle, like, calm the blank down, D hop. Calm the blank down, Cliff. We don't know how many of the people he said it to, you know, but. The offense didn't have any issues. They got the play calls in. They called good plays. They moved the ball down the field. They took some shots downfield. They were accurate. There was a lot to like. I mean, I get, I think, yeah, I mean, this is where you give Cliff some credit and say, okay, that was a pretty good pretty good game design, a pretty good offensive game. Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details 
and your chance to win tickets. Speaking of winning, it wasn't all about winning this weekend. What was that, Phoenix Suns? We're looking at you and talking about you next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cross court to Hampton, penetrates on Payne. He stops his dribble, then gives to Bull for three right wing. He got it. Bull taking his talents outside the arc after hitting three for four inside. That was the call from Friday night, the one and only Suns game from over the weekend that we have to talk about here on the Burns and Gambo Show, but because it was the worst loss of the season, it's worth talking about it for a couple of minutes. Tonight, the Suns are in Miami wrapping up this four-game road trip with a game against the Heat. We'll update you uh, in a second on that one. But first, a word or two about the Magic game, because that was uh, that was a tough one to watch. The Suns were oh my God. discombobulated most of the night, and a lot of talk after that game and in the hours since that game about DeAndre Ayton and how non-factor he was in that game. Yeah, he's having a hard time playing without Chris Paul. Like He's having a hard time not having those screen and rolls. I mean, the game was very simple when he was playing with Chris, and now he's really struggling. It was, uh, listen, Orlando, it, and I we talked about this going into that game. They are a young, up-and-coming team, okay? They're a young, they got a lot of talent. But 14 points and five rebounds from DeAndre Ayton in that game. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Are you kidding me? That's not good enough. Played 26 minutes in a game. He had five rebounds. I've been concerned about those rebound numbers all along. Now, they're, you know, he's with the switches and everything, he's being drawn out a little bit more. He's not just hanging out in the paint and grabbing rebounds. He's being asked to do some different things and it's affected his rebounding and his scoring. You know, it's, it's, a, you know, he's just that one guy. He's the one guy in a roster that doesn't dribble to create his own shot. So, you know, he's got to get it in, in, he's got to get it in the right space in order to score um, or get offensive rebounds, but he's not grabbing a lot of rebounds. So I think a lot of the problems with the points are also coming from the fact that he's not he's not getting many rebounds on the offensive end, which gives him those putback opportunities. Yeah, there's that, and there's just a there's kind of a passivity to his game right now. You know that we've seen with Aiden, it kind of comes and goes, right? That's part of the DeAndre Aiden experience. Where you know is it the guy's not getting him the ball? There were many many times during that game on Friday night where there were switches where DeAndre Ayton should have taken advantage of the switch, right? Where he needed to take advantage of his body and what he's able to do. And it just, it, it, he just didn't seem to have that gear on Friday night. And there's no doubt he's missing Chris Paul too. That sets him up for really easy baskets, stuff that's really simple. But I think we had all hoped that DeAndre Ayton's game was going to evolve a little bit with a new contract, right? Like there was going to be, especially with Chris Paul being out. Yeah, now you're a max with, player. Yeah, step up, be one of those. Yep. Cam Johnson's out. Landry Shamus out. Your team needs points, and for you to deliver fourteen and five in a moment like that, it was it was it's been disappointing. He has averaged thirteen point five and six point eight rebounds in his last five games. Give me those numbers again. Thirteen point five points and six point eight rebounds. And I, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, you could get that for ten million dollars. Like oh. you could get that. The production he's giving you. You could get on a, you could almost get that production from a veteran, uh, from just a veteran. You know, a, a mid-level exception yeah. veteran minimum could give you what he's giving you. I'd say I, I get not being in the same position. I understand everything that you've said from a basketball standpoint. Mm-hmm. There's no reason DeAndre Ayton should only be getting seven rebounds per game in his last five. None. 
None. No, you're like I seven don't care feet tall. What Go get a rebound. You're running. You're one of the biggest, most physically gifted players out on the floor. And if we want to have a conversation about whether the Sun should be looking offensively to DeAndre Ayton more, fine. Whether it's his fault, their fault, whose fault, whatever. You tell me that DeAndre Ayton averages what for his career? Ten and a half rebounds per game, eleven rebounds per game, if I remember right from his stat page. Six point eight over his last four or five games. Right. That is one hundred percent a DeAndre Ayton. An issue, and and he's got to figure out a way to resolve that issue internally. That that's him. My, my biggest argument to keeping him was that he was one of the elite defensive rebounders in the NBA. One of the elite defensive rebounders. You don't want to give teams second chance opportunities and putbacks and things like that. And so he was such an elite defensive rebounder. And like where like where is that gone? You know, like he's like we talk about Kyler Murray regressing. DeAndre Ayton has regressed a whole lot too. Yeah, you had that in email over the weekend, and it might be a good conversation for later in the week. Who's, who's regressed, regressed more? more so far this year, Kyler Murray or DeAndre Ayton? I, I think we've got a slightly larger sample size with Kyler Murray because you know the, the, he's played in more games so far this this year, at least relative to his schedule. But Ayton's regressed, and, and they, you know, again with tonight's game against Miami, I'll tell you, Chris Paul. Paul, he is questionable for tonight's game. I was listening to K-Ray earlier, and I was reading the comments of Monty Williams, and both of them kind of made it sound like it'd be a surprise if we saw Chris Paul. Landry Shamit has already been ruled out tonight. So once again, it seems like you're going to be going into a scoring deficit, and you're going to need guys to step up. So I think a lot of eyes, again, are going to be on DeAndre Ayton to see what he can do. And then, of course, eyes are still very much on Jay Crowder. And over the weekend, especially with this Heat game tonight, man, there was a lot of conversation over the the weekend about Max Struess. Is he the guy the Suns want in a Jay Crowder trade? I if can't he- believe that they would trade him, but yeah, you may want him. But, like, did you see that game that he had the other night against Charlotte? Yeah, I mean, he 31, 31 points. Yeah, he's great. He had eight three-pointers. Like, I don't think that, the, I don't think that they're going to give up Max Struess, the DePaul guy. Um, you know, I got to say for Tim Ring. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, okay. He's a DePaul guy. Because Tim always listens to the show. I don't think they're going to give up Max Struess for, for a one-year Jay Crowder. Like for one year, no. Jay Crowder, I'm going to give you Max Struess. No, no, no. This is this is one of those. Come on, man, you're dreaming. You're dreaming. Guy's averaging 14.2 points. He's shooting 36 percent from three. He's part of the closing rotation for Spolstra. He closes games, and like, like I don't know, like that. Like, sure, you may want him, but like, I don't think that you'll get one year of Jay Crowder for. Doesn't make sense that he would be the guy that they'd give up. No, and and you know we obviously have a lot of respect for James Jones and what he's done for this roster. And if he's really sticking to his guns for something like this, he must really believe in his guns to get something like this done. Because on the surface, there's no way you're getting Max Scruz. Uh There's also another round of reports about Grayson Allen and whether the Suns are talking to Milwaukee about Jay Crowder and whether Grayson Allen is the guy who comes back. We we talked about Grayson Allen a lot, a lot since the season started. I'd be yeah. fine with Grayson Allen. He's kind of a Punk, but he's kind of one of those guys that when he's on your team, you'll, your you'll very easily look past what it is that he does. And then I'll tell you, there's another rumor kind of making around today, and this is new. Um, apparently, the, the, this comes from Jake Fisher over at Yahoo Sports. You were on his podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, the Boyan Bogdanovich extension that he signed in Detroit. Yeah. Apparently, year two of that extension only has like $2 million guaranteed in it. And he, he being Jake Fisher, specifically mentions the 
Suns as a potential destination if the Pistons decide that they can trade a very tradable contract in Boyan Bogdanovich. I mean, at first you look at it and go, man, two years and $20 million a year. But if you know that last year the deal is only guaranteed towards $2 million, it might. And he specifically so, mentions the Suns, and he specifically mentions Crowder. Yeah, so he was a guy that, but the Suns could have just went out and got him. Like they could, like if this, like if the Suns wanted Bogdanovich, they could have got him. The, the Detroit Pistons got Bogdanovich in the Jazz for Kelly Olnick and Saban Lee. Yeah, they didn't like. They didn't give up a whole lot to get him. Like if the Suns wanted Bogdanovich, they could have got Bogdanovich. I like him. He's a good scorer. I've always told you he's a good scorer, but they didn't like nobody was offering a first round pick for Bogdanovich, so Danny traded him to Detroit for Kelly Olney. Uh, and I'm just thinking out loud here, maybe that was before Cam Johnson got hurt and their depth was revealed to be so thin. You know, especially in the second unit and how they might not have enough shooting yeah. in the second unit. Maybe they thought they had enough and they were going to be able to get by. I don't know. It's just a Jake Fisher's good at what he does. It's interesting that he brings up the Suns so much in this, but that's just kind of something to keep an eye on. Suns Heat, 530 tonight. You'll hear it over on Sister Station ESPN 620. And of course, we'll completely ke- we'll keep you completely updated on that game when we're still on the air. Texas, your thoughts? FanDuel text line. It's open for you at 620-620 right now. When we come back, the plays that won yesterday's game for the Arizona Cardinals. They beat the Rams. We'll relive it next. Burns and Gambo.